0: So, we're Wes and Sharon, and we're from up the road in Gloucester, and um, not far away, and um, we appreciate being invited here today. Uh, Karis is my baby sister, and um, always was my baby sister, and I guess always will be. So, there you go. Um, We just wanted to bless and help them uh, that's why we're here it's kind of happened uh, but we uh, just say a bit about us we, um, this is Sharon my wife okay we've been married uh, 46 years next week uh, is it next week? yeah uh, oh. I don't know we've got three children and three grandchildren there you go. okay <laughs> that's the bit she loves it's the family uh, we pastor a church in Gloucester and um, we travel a bit and we just do stuff that God gives us to do and we carries a desire for everyone to have an encounter with Papa, whose heart is bursting for you, and so uh, Sharon's going to share a bit tomorrow, yeah. But uh, you, can go, she can go and sit down. She wasn't expecting anything tonight. But uh, just a couple of things before I start. Um, when I came in and the worship started, I heard this. I SAW THIS HUGE CELEBRATION HAPPENING, HUGE, LIKE in all the, like BALLOONS AND CONFETTI STUFF AND TRAIL, YOU KNOW, THOSE LONG THINGS AND ALL THAT, COMING DOWN, STREAMERS, THAT'S THE WORD, COMING DOWN AND I HEARD THE SOUND OF PARTY BLOWERS AND TRUMPETS AND, and uh, it, IT WAS ALL OVER THIS HOUSE all over it and I felt the father saying I want you to know heaven is celebrating you I want you to know heaven is celebrating this house and there is a party going on right now where your names are being mentioned I have a few other things but I feel I want to wait for them tomorrow but I I just heard the phrase unsung heroes, and I think there's a lot of unsung heroes sitting on the chairs, but the Father wants you to know heaven is singing about you, and you are in the songs that he sings, that they sing. And I saw you when you were playing your guitar, and... um, I felt that there may be times where you've been a bit misunderstood in life. Because I heard the father say, a man misunderstood. But I saw a smile of delight on his face over you. And it was as you were playing there was a curtain that was pulled right back. And you got the revelation of heavenly kingdom and the Father's presence. And uh, I just feel there's something very, very rich coming into your life. It's a time of upgrade. I heard the word. I hear the word reward, and uh, there's a reward coming upon you, coming into your life and into your home, because in the secret place you have continued to worship. And um, there have been people all around you who I saw them whispering, and I saw them gossiping and talking and pointing, but Father says, don't take any notice of that because I see you and I've seen you and I'm about to come. My reward is with me and I'm sweeping back the curtain and you're going to start stepping into fresh encounters with the heavenly realms and with the kingdom of God and with the face of the Father. So Father, I just bless him to uh, move forward in all that you have for him. I thank you for this man who uh, heaven understands, heaven knows, heaven has wired, and heaven will reward. And I ask you, Father, to release the reward of your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, I saw you when we were worshipping. Can I hold your hand? I saw you when we were worshipping. And you you had a there was a like a log fire, and you had a poker. <laughs> <laughs> and there were times when this log was looking like it was embers, and you got up out of your chair and you poked and you poked and you poked again until it came back into flame. The father says, "I saw you do that." I saw what no one else saw. I saw the number of times you have kept the fire going. I saw the number of times when as you sought my face, you rekindled things that were about to go out. And it was like he dropped this, mantle of great joy over you and you started to laugh and you started to dance and you started to jump because you realized that everything you did in secret heaven already knows about and is ready to applaud you for and so I bless you to keep poking the fire to keep prodding To pray those prayers that keep things alight. That bring increase. Because heaven understands you too. Heaven knows your name. And heaven moves at the sound of your voice. I was seeing you two uh, earlier and I keep seeing the number 30. 30. And I don't know if 30 means anything to you, but I'm saying what, and I was watching, and you you took out like some old journals off a shelf. They were quite dusty. You had to blow quite a bit of dust off. And um, I felt the Father saying that there are dreams from a long time ago that you have left on the shelf, and you feel like... It's not going to happen, but he says, I'm going to take them down now, and I'm going to blow the dust off. And things that you have looked for, that you even talked about, and it might be 30 years ago, I don't know, but there is a release coming to your lives. Um, I also am asking the Father, what do you mean 30? What is this? And I'm thinking, and, and what I'm hearing is 30 was when Jesus stepped into ministry. And um, you are in ministry, but the, there is something upon your life right now where you're about to take a step. And Father says, it's not a backward step, it's a forward step. You're about to step into another measure. And I saw you with... Um, I don't know what those those things on a tripod that surveyors use you know for testing and and you were intently examining the landscape and and I felt there's a precision about you Uh, a precision about the way you see things and do things and maybe sometimes other people find that frustrating but father says I love your precision because you have kept the boat afloat at times. And uh, there is a shift coming that is going to both restore some things that you dreamed of a long time ago and bring them off the shelf, but it's also going to move you forward into another profile, and and it will be a higher profile. Don't worry about that, says the Lord, because I am going to cover you, but there is a movement coming to you uh, where you will step into things that you dreamed of a long time ago. And there's, there is so much happening in this room right now, so much, and maybe we'll talk about some of it tomorrow, but I, I'm here to do this, so um, we will do this. Come to the Father. Father's heart beats for you. The prophetic, when we release it, is only really ever Papa talking to his kids. Because he envisions things and sees things for you and for you as a church that you haven't yet got a hold of. And he sees things for you as individuals that some of you have absolutely no idea is coming your way. But he's the seer of the secret things. And he's the hearer of the secret dreams. And he's the rememberer of the secret requests. And some of your secret requests, your dreams, are coming back to you now. This subject is dear to my heart and I... Not quite sure how I ended up doing this one this weekend, but it kind of happened. I was trying to get some other people enrolled, but Father wanted us here. So we carry this as a core value inside us. Many of us have met the Holy Spirit. Have you met the Holy Spirit? Has he done great things in your lives? Many of us, have met Jesus. Have you met Jesus? Has he saved you? Has he done good stuff? But we find that less people have met the Father. And back a long time ago, the Holy Spirit started repositioning the Father at the front of the stage. This is our story now and our experience. In 1994, when there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which kind of kicked off our church, and there was some wacky stuff happening and As usual, it's the wacky that hits the news and hits the gossip and thank the Lord we didn't have social media in those days. But in it, the Holy Spirit started to reinforce some fresh treasure. And he started to teach us about the Father. We started to encounter the Father. We started to meet the Father. We started to have times where the Father started to reveal what he was like. And for this is for our story. We, we are connected to a church in Toronto, <laughs> which we connected a little while after this. And when we began visiting, we found that also in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Father had come to the front of the stage. And as I was thinking about it one day, I was just adding up the numbers, and you know, in in 1906, I wasn't alive then, in 1906, there was a revival called Azusa Street And that, six years into the last century, that revival positioned the Holy Spirit at the front of the stage. It restored some things that had been missing. It reignited things that had gone out or were going out. And since that time, I can't remember the number, but I think it's billions of people who now put there the roots of their experience of holy spirit back in what happened there six years before the end of the century the father was repositioned to the front of the stage and for us this became a life changer. For me, I had a deep longing for many, many years to know the Father. I would read it and thinking, "Ah, something's not connecting. Uh, He's God, I get the God bit. Um, But Father... How do I get to Father? And if there was a book, and they were rare, I would take it. And if there was a speaker speaking on the Father, I would try to receive, but they were even rarer. But I was desperately searching, because I knew that there was something in me that would only fan into flame when I met him. There were blockages in my life. And the Holy Spirit was on my case. And about um, 32 years ago, I just begun uh, life as a pastor. It was, and we're still here thirty two years later. That's a miracle. thirty-two years ago, I was attending a um, Christian counseling course and um, at a place called Waverly Abbey. I don't know if any of you have heard that. Um, Crusade for World Revival and it was an interesting um, training because the objective there was to unpack you, take you apart into pieces and then try and put you back together again afterwards having in their view dealt with some of your serious issues but we had this one session on a Thursday night And it was a small group session, and we sat in, we went into an upstairs room, group of maybe 10 people, with a leader, lady that was leading, or meant to be leading, sat in a circle, and um, we sat down waiting for her to talk. But she had been primed not to talk, okay? Okay? So she sat there very, with great strength of character, kept her mouth shut and everyone's looking and two minutes, one or two are fidgeting, five minutes, lots of fidgeting, people are looking at her, eyeballing her and she's just sitting there. And after some time, I have done it. I have no idea how long. It felt like ages. Somebody blurted out the first thing, the, the, the first audible words, and they picked on me. They said, "Wes, you look like a cool kind of guy. <laughs> do you, do you ever get angry?" And before I could answer that one, They said, tell me about what was your dad like when you were a boy, when you were a little boy. And something inside me, like a volcano, started to erupt. And it came up and up and out of my mouth and my eyes and I burst into tears I wept, I wept, I wept. I said, I don't know. Because when I was a very little boy, he was away all the time. And in fact, I said to my mum once, Mummy, does daddy live here or does he just come and stay? And something broke inside me that had been a conditioner Of my relationship with my earthly father but was conditioning my relationship with my heavenly father some of these people were highly embarrassed I wasn't in the slightest bit because I was more concerned about what is got up to here because I knew something was happening After that session, having cried a lot, having released a lot out of me, having been a volcano in in prime eruption time, I went back to my room, sat down on the end of the bed, and I can still see it and feel it now. And for the first time in my life, I felt the Father walk into the room, sit down beside me. And his presence was as real to me as any of you in this room are. I was filled with peace. I was filled with love. I was filled with joy. I was filled with an amazing sense of, wow, this is what he's like. And that was my first encounter with the Father. It changed my life. From then on, it became my search. And I became a heat-seeking missile. And he's looking for you, and he's looking around this room this evening, for heat-seeking missiles. You know, we were all made to be heat-seeking missiles, desperately looking for the father. Look at every child, you know, every little child. They will run, they will cling to the parent's legs. They will make a beeline. They will rush through the toys, over the toys, straight lines always, quickest way, because their heart is locked on the parent. And you know, God wants us to be like that with him. He wants us to live a life where we are locked onto him as dad, I had a few other experiences after that time and was challenged, one of them challenged my, some of the legalistic, religious uh, foundation blocks in me. Okay. I remember a vineyard pastor coming to our church and um, praying for me and says, you know, you you really... um, You've got a trinity here that's Father, Son, and Holy Book. And uh, you're living under something so legalistic that God wants to break it. And as he prayed for me, something came off. And that same father I knew before walked into the room. And then after 1994, God started to talk to us about a number of things to do with living from our hearts. And... Um, how to forgive, how to get rid of stuff, how to get rid of our baggage, how to get rid of the things that had become part of our lives and were coloring us. We started to have regular encounters with the Father. We started to understand him. We started to get to see him like he really was. We started to lose the kind of concepts of the angry God or the distant God or the the one that you can't really know very well. It's like Jesus is nice, Holy Spirit's nice, but beware the big guy. Hmm? And a lot of Christians live like that. Do you live like that? Have you lived like that? Because that's one of the principal lies of the devil. That God is the big guy with a stick. And you need Jesus to keep him away in case he beats you. I want to say to you, he is the most wonderful, the most loving, the most beautiful, the most precious. Person you can meet. If you got your Bible, we will read a bit of Bible. Um, John one thirty-seven to thirty-nine. Sharon, can you shout at me if I go over the time? Give, all right. John one thirty-seven to thirty-nine. two disciples heard john the baptist speak and they followed jesus and jesus turned and seeing them following said to them what are you looking for they said to him rabbi that's master or teacher where do you live literally where do you abide? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying. And they remained with him that day. And it was about the 10th hour. know, what I love about Jesus is that he says to us, come and see. He doesn't say, he didn't say, well, if you get Google Maps out, go down there, put this, you know, bit in there, and you can follow the road, turn right at the shop, left at the pub, and my house is the third door on the right. He didn't say that. He didn't say, go and buy a map. He didn't say, When you get near, shout, and I'll come out and get you. He said, come. And he said, see. What did they find? Why did they stay with him the rest of the day? Was it because he had a comfy sofa? Was it because... He had Sky Sports, big screen TV, super fast Wi Fi. Why did they stay with him? Where was he living? How did it affect them? The word they used is one of John, who wrote this gospel's favorite words. He, throughout his gospel, peppers little breadcrumbs for us to follow. Later in the gospel, we get this word, abide. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. If you remain is another translator translation Jesus where do you abide come and have a look come and see come and see where I abide this word means to to continue to endure to dwell to to remain, to tarry. Jesus, where do you remain? Jesus, where do you tarry? That's an old-fashioned word. Waiting. He didn't talk. He didn't describe. He didn't print out a leaflet. He drew them with him. Come. Come. That's an invitation to experience something. See, that's an invitation to revelation. Whatever they experienced and saw changed them forever. Something happened in that encounter that convinced them Messiah had arrived. Something happened. Something happened in that place where Jesus was abiding that caused change to start to happen, like a deck of cards knocking on. It goes on to say one of the two who heard John speak was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found his brother Simon, said to him, we found the Messiah, which is translated to Christ, and he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, but you're going to be called Rocky. Yeah? And he gave him a new name. Out of that encounter of the abiding, people start to get new identities new names, new destinies, all because a few guys decided to come with Jesus and see where he was abiding. What was it they saw? Where did Jesus live? Where did he make his home? See, in the natural, he had a, Rented house in Capernaum and most likely the same one that got the tiles taken off the roof when he returned from a ministry trip. But he didn't tell them any of that. He said, come and see. What did they see? If we go back into John 1 to 16 to 18, we find out. And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace for the law was given through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ no one has seen God at any time the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father he has declared him or as the Amplified Bible says he has brought him out into the open where he can be seen where does Jesus live John tells us the only begotten son is not was not will be is in the bosom of the father That's his address. That's where he lives. He lives in this almost baby place. It's almost a maternal image. It's this place of comfort, safety, nurture. And it's in the Father. And Jesus lives in it. Not lived. John doesn't say, he who lived there before he came to earth. He doesn't say, he who will live there when he goes back to heaven. He says, he who lives there, present tense. Jesus lives in this park, this warm, safe zone of the Father's heart. And that means that Jesus the man might be praying for the sick in his body, but in his spirit, he's in the bosom of the Father. Jesus the man, might be multiplying fish and bread, in his body, but in his spirit, he's in the bosom of the Father. Jesus the man might be opening blind eyes, in his body, but in his spirit, he's in the bosom of the Father. Jesus, the man, might be telling the waves and the winds to stop. But in his spirit, he hasn't moved because he is, he remains, he abides in this place of the Father. And his words to. The curious were, come on, come and see. Come and see what it's like for me to live like this with the Father. Come and see what it's like for me to be in that place where I could be very, very busy in my body, but in my spirit I am safe in the zone with my Father. Come and see what it's like when I've got demons shouting at me and screaming out and there's kind of bedlam going on but I'm I'm in the peace zone in the bosom of the Father. I am in my Father and he is in me. Jesus' address became John's address. What's your address? What's your address this evening? I'm not asking you to tell me where you live, your street address. But there's a call to all of us. Come, come, come and see. Come, encounter, see, get revelation. In John 14, 6 to 8, let me read this one to you. And I think you can flip over to my first slide if you like. Thank you. Okay. John 14, 6 to 8. Jesus said to him, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If you'd known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough. It is sufficient. For us. Now Philip should have known. He should have seen. He'd been with Jesus a long time. However. This cry of his heart. Is the cry of the human heart. You can, could you? Thank you. It's everyone's cry. It's the cry of your inner world. If I can only connect with the father. It will be enough. I will be satisfied. That which has been designed by God inside me will start to function like it's never functioned before. We were made to run on the Father's love. And if you put orange juice in your petrol tank, how many you know you won't get very far? Hmm? If you put diesel in, you won't get very far. You've got to put what it was designed for in the tank. And your tank was made to run on the Father's love. You were designed, I was designed to run on the Father's love. And if I don't run on that and I try to run on something else, I crash, <laughs> grind to a halt, bump along, whatever it is. Yeah? Is that true? Thank you, Jesus. in reality this is the cry of the human heart because it is longing looking for something that's been lost something we were all designed for and it all comes to us through jesus you know his titles his names his attributes but jesus came along to model something, to show them something that they had never seen before. God is my dad. And because he said that, he upset the experts and the religious leaders who couldn't understand what he was talking about I want to say to you Jesus still comes by the Holy Spirit to reveal the Father to you part of our program through tonight and tomorrow is that revelation will come revelation Revelation means that something that's already there, but you haven't yet seen it, is uncovered. And I'm not saying you don't know this stuff. I'm not saying I know it and you don't. I'm just saying we're on a journey together, and we need revelation. We need revelation of the Father. We need fresh revelation of what he's really like, because the world around us tries to smash that one down. We don't naturally think like Jesus does about the Father. We have to be renewed in the very spirit of our minds. We have to be renewed as to what is dad like? How does he think? Is he really with me all the time? Has he got a smile on his face? Can I come to him all the time? Is he always loving? We have to be renewed, because our minds usually, if the rubber hits the road, think otherwise. You know, I hear people say, "I, I you know, I've, I've really messed it up this week. I don't think God loves me as much." Wrong wrong he wants to renew your mind about the father's love he wants you to live in the bosom of the father so that whatever you're doing on the outside on the inside you're still there still there am i there yet no am i there more than i used to be yes and even this week and this season when and for Sharon and I, life has got quite busy. I find myself constantly saying, Father, I just step back into your bosom. Because this is where I live. And he wants to renew our mind by giving us revelation. And that comes by the Holy Spirit. Comes by the spirit of Revelation. Secondly, Jesus came to not just show us the Father, but to bring us to the Father. John fourteen six, which I read again. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we can flip that, can't we? We can say anyone who comes through Jesus can come to the Father. What a privilege. See, having your sins forgiving, forgiven was the doorway, but not the destination. The destination is Dad, the destination is the Father. Jesus removed the stuff that gets in the way. That's our salvation, or the beginning of our salvation. Forgiveness of sins. But that's not the full story of salvation. The full story is that we have been restored to live in the Father's bosom. This is about experience. Oh, we better be careful talking about experience. But you see, some Christians have that mindset that it's only safe if it's knowledge. But experience is unsafe. But (laughs) Jesus said, I'm going to bring you to the Father. You're going to get an experience. You're going to have an experience of what he's like. You can come to him. And know him. Jesus wants you to experience his Father. And the Holy Spirit comes to you over and over again. To work this one out in you. He's the Spirit of Revelation, so he shows you the Father. But he's also the Spirit of the Father. And when he got put inside you, you had now received the one who can give you the experience of the Father. Is that good news? Yeah? Anybody happy about that? Anybody happy about experiencing the Father? Anybody happy about a new experience? L- listen, we love experiences, people. What do you talk about? Your experiences. Hmm? What's on your phone Pics, Your experiences. I had this holiday. I went to this place. I saw that. You know, I went to that shop. I, I, I had a great service in church. Experience, 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 experience. We live because we are made to experience something. We are made to live experiencing the kingdom of God and the Father's presence. And so Jesus says... If you like, I've come to show you the Father. I've come to advertise a different model than the one you understand. But I've also come to bring you to him. So you can have an encounter. You can experience him. And so this weekend, it's not just about revelation. My prayer is that, it's a, that everyone in here who is hungry, who wants to, will move into a fresh encounter With the Father. This is such a good church. I hear it. I I keep hearing it. There is so much destined for this house. In fact, you haven't seen anything yet. I, hear, I can hear it as clear as clear. And the father wants to be in this house with every one of you living in his bosom so that you can go to your friends and your neighbors. You can go into the shops and with your colleagues and, 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 and they can say, how is it that you are so cool? It's like, guess where I live? AND SEE ROMANS 8 15 YOU DID NOT RECEIVE THE SPIRIT OF BONDAGE AGAIN TO FEAR BUT YOU RECEIVED THE SPIRIT OF ADOPTION BY WHOM WE CRY OUT ABBA FATHER THAT'S EXPERIENCE THE HOLY SPIRIT COMES INTO YOU TO GIVE YOU AN EXPERIENCE OF THE FATHER And from in here you go, Abba. That's just the Hebrew word for dad. Abba, dad! Galatians 4, 6 says something similar. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, father. The spirit of the son is, is in you. The spirit of sonship. And that enables you to not just pray to the Father, but to encounter him. To the point where in your life, you, I believe increasingly, are meant to just go, oh, dad, papa, father it's experiential it's relational thank you and thirdly jesus came not just to show not just to bring us to but to enable us to be fathered these are the three steps of your connection with the father. Seeing him, encountering him, and becoming his kid. It, it was a verse you quoted at the, at the beginning. I'll be a father to you. Okay. Because you can have a father, but they're not being a father to you. It's possible to have a biological father and never know them. It's possible to have a biological father and, and they don't connect. But God says, I'm not just going to be your father and, and I'm going to sit up in heaven on some throne and lightnings are flashing around me and hey, have a nice time down there. And when you come to heaven, I'll, I, I'll let you see that I'm your dad. He's, he, he says, I'll be a father to you. And he wants us to be fathered. And so we get this amazing story at the end of, um, after the resurrection of Jesus in John 20. And you'll notice most of my scriptures are John's, because John's the guy with the father revelation. And the reason he is, is because he positions himself to get it. He's also probably pretty young when he meets Jesus. Maybe he's 12 or 13. And so he reaches out to the Father through Jesus. He also lives to be the oldest of the apostles. and No one really knows how old he was when he died. But he was the only one that wasn't martyred because they tried to kill him and they couldn't kill him. So they shoved him on an island to keep him out of the way. And Jesus turned up. Yeah? This is the guy that meets the Father. This is the guy that lives... How many of you like that kind of adventure? Maybe not trying to kill you, but the rest of it, eh? I I just think he's got some stuff because... And so at the end of, after the resurrection in John 20, um, Jesus says to um, Mary, he he says, I've got to just go and visit my dad for a minute. Okay, this is my language. Go and tell my friends, I'm ascending right now. Okay, Jesus had to ascend at that moment because by Jewish law, on the Sunday after Passover, The first sheaf of corn had to be waved before God. And only once that was done could they reap the rest of the harvest. And so Jesus, knowing he's the beginning of the harvest, has to go to his dad that morning and say, is what I've done okay? And the father says, sure, it's okay. You can go back and see your friends now. And so Jesus says to Mary, go and tell my friends, I'm I'm just going to pop up and see dad for a minute, but I will meet them. Go and tell them I'm ascending to my God and your God. To my Father and your Father. To my Father and your Father. See, Jesus had advertised for three and a half years his Father. But when he comes out the other side of the cross, it's not just my father, it's yours as well. The cross opens it up for you to be fathered. Not just to have revelation, not just to have an experience now and then, but to be fathered, to be sons and daughters of the King of heaven. It's about stepping into sonship. This is where Holy Spirit changes the way we live. We take up our place in the bosom of the Father. There are many rooms. Jesus went to the cross to give us place in the bosom of the Father. Just quickly, as we kind of go through this, I just want to talk about three things that shape our core beliefs about the Father. I've mentioned them in my story, but I want to point them out because these are things that Holy Spirit will start to work on, will be working on as we're talking and will continue working on through your life and mine. There are three things that shape our core beliefs about the, about God as Father. Could you just put the first one? Okay, that's not very, oh, it is clear. Okay, so Jesus came to a world where people's core understanding of God had been shaped by three things. By family or natural parenting, by a religion or church or lack of, and by society could you flick through because i think there's a few of these and uh any okay the same three elements develop our core understanding of god the father could you just thank you family the very first shaper of our inner core view of god the father comes from our earthly family, from our parents, our father and or mother or parent figures, parent substitute or lack of. Okay? Whatever your experience growing up in life, good or bad, and probably a mixture of both, For many of us, it will be more good than bad. But for some of us, it will be the other way around. Whatever your experience, it has shaped your heart and the way you see God. You actually can't help it. You have one heart, and that heart relates to people. And that heart relates to God. If the satellite dish is damaged, then all the channels get affected. And and if your heart is damaged, then it affects how you see and perceive. It affects how I see and perceive God as my Father. We always project the view that has formed within us by our parent Natural parenting, family life, onto God. Secondly, religion or church. See, this was how it was in Israel when Jesus came. And the same three affect us. The next shaper is down to, of God as father, comes from the God part of our life. The, the church or the lack of church, our perception of church, our exposure to church, our religious experience, where we've been indoctrinated or not, that reinforces our image of God as Father. Hopefully, some of you have had some really good stuff. And in this church, I believe, you, you know, you've had really good stuff, but a lot of it goes back before when we were younger. And thirdly, our culture and society, our life experiences. Um, We go on through life. um, Father figure types continue to participate in our story. So you go to school and now the the parent figure is the teacher. Hmm? And the sibling figure is your classmates. And you go to university or you go to work and the boss or the le- whatever it is, is the father figure. And you go to church. The church leader, pastor, continues to subconsciously set the narrative as we grow up. And as I said to you, for me, these three things had to be tackled and are being tackled by Holy Spirit. I'm not there, but I am not where I used to be. We're all on a journey, aren't we? You're on a journey? You're on a good journey? He's got his hand on you. And tonight I just wanted to really do a bit of intro and just to talk us through some of these things so you can think about them when you go home. And um, we can start to invite the Holy Spirit to come into these three areas and change us. We're going to lay them at the cross tonight. Okay, thank you. There's probably just one last background. Thank you. We're going to lay them at the cross because we want to go home with the Father. And the renewal of our lives, what the Bible calls sanctification, renewal of our hearts and minds, contains elements of healing, elements of change, elements of becoming softer. Because God is after our hearts. And everything you do in your life comes out of your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart. Because out of it come all the issues of life. And, and, you know, if I said to a group of people in the street, what one thing needs looking after the most f- to, to keep all of your, your life safe, they would probably come up with money, the bank account, the job, the family. The health, all really good and important things. But the Bible says, above all else, keep your heart. Because out of it flow all the issues of life. And so God is after our hearts. Not just the ticking thing, but that core of your personality where your emotions sit, where your deep thoughts go on, where you you make the deep choices. He's after that. Because it's in that place he wants you to encounter. It's in that place he wants to give revelation. And it's in that place he wants you to experience fathering. And we are all journeying together on this. But I, actually, I really believe that something began a few years ago now. 29 years ago actually. In a big way. Whereby Holy Spirit positioned the Father. And it's like all the times and seasons of God, we, we can't leapfrog over them. We have to build where he's building. And it's like he says, if you want to move into your fullest destiny, it can only happen if you are in a really good relationship with the Father. Yeah? That's what he says to me. And I put it out to you too. And one of the reasons is that sons and daughters are those who are called to ministry in the days ahead. Let's flip it around the other way. Those who are called to history, all of us, in one way or another, need to become sons and daughters better. It's like he says in the book of Hebrews, um, he says, Moses as a servant was faithful in all his house, but Jesus as a son was much more so. And you get this transition from servant to son, and, and we're actually living in a season where many, many people have served God well, but he's saying, I want you to position yourself now as sons and daughters. Because the future ministry of the kingdom only belongs to sons and daughters, not to servants. And therefore, it, it, we are required to pursue this we are required to walk with a close conscious relationship with abba daddy and he's doing it and I find at times I've got it, and other times I'm getting back into old habits. But he very lovingly nudges me back and says, Step back into my bosom. Step back into sonship. Step back into being my kid. because the kingdom of God belongs to those and in Romans it says that creation the whole of creation is uttering a noise can you hear it well you can kind of hear it with a lot of conservation and a lot of the cries of people that are concerned rightly so about the planet but It says that the planet, if you like, is groaning. We agree with that. What's it groaning for? The revelation, the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. When God's people start to live truly in sonship, then things in the very planet will change. Things around will shift. Things in life will move. When a son or daughter of God walks into the room, the atmosphere changes. When a son or daughter of God gets up on the platform, there is is something released that carries authority. God is looking for sons and daughters. He's looking to be your dad. Will you let him? Will you invite him to go in deeper? Does he have you? yes? Anybody going to say yes tonight? Why don't we just stand? Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to take a few minutes and take some things to the cross tonight. Do you have any like gentle music or something you could put on? Is there anything like that? Jesus I well, you put your hand on your heart if you want to you don't have to do what I tell you to do but if you want to and say Jesus show me the father and it's enough Jesus bring me to the father Jesus, thank you for the cross that enables me to be fathered. Holy Spirit, I ask you to move around this room tonight and zone in on, at the heart level Ask you to start to tackle lies about the Father. Ask you to tackle doubts and fears. Ask you to dislodge. Persistent stuff in our hearts that gets in the way. Holy Spirit, Precious Holy Spirit. Sweet Spirit of God. Breathe on us. Come. Father, for anyone who's Relationship with you as dad has been there, but it's got messed up or it's gone dim. I'm asking. But you breathe on it again. You blow it. You fan it into flame. Thank you that you don't approach us tonight with a stick or a shout. But tenderly, you gather up the pieces. And you put them back together again. For every person here who is already resonating with that cry, show me the Father. I ask, Holy Spirit, you go into the deep places of their lives, the deep places of their hearts. And you pull back the curtains tonight. Wherever you are in this room, if you want to, tell him you respond to his invitation to come and see. Jesus, I don't just want information. I want revelation. I don't just want knowledge. I want to encounter. I don't just want to even know that Jesus was fathered by the Father when the opportunity is for me to be fathered too. I want to step into this one, and as a good son or daughter, I want to live in the bosom of the Father. Some of you come here tonight with um, a lot of pressures. Some of you rushed here from work. Some of you have been juggling things all day, all week, or month. Some of you got some situations that you're finding a bit threatening. And he says, What I want to to, to invite you to do is, if that's you, just take a little step back like you're stepping into the bosom of the Father and lean back into him. Jesus could sleep in a boat in the storm because he was actually at rest somewhere else. we're living in shaking, challenging times where everything is moving and parameters we've lived with all our lives are changing. But the bosom of the Father never changes. You can always, always rest there. You can always be energized there. You can always be and feel loved there. So if this is you, let's just say, Father, I give you permission to work on my heart. I give you permission to renew my mind. I give you permission to Father me. I want everything that Jesus went to the cross for, and I receive you tonight in a conscious way as my dad. In Jesus' name. Just take a minute or two and let Holy Spirit tell you what he wants or show you what he's doing. For me, there was a big block to do with the absence of my dad that kept my experience of the father distant, that he was absent. I didn't know that. I didn't consciously understand it. For you, there may be other blockages or things that get in the way. Are you giving permission to work on that stuff with you? Father, tackle our family baggage, tackle our religious baggage. And tackle our culture, our life experience baggage. Uproot the things that need uprooting. Break the things that need breaking. Pull down the things that need to be pulled down. And for some of you, that picture of the walls coming down is what God's actually doing with you. He's pulling down some things that have kept you contained, where your experience of God has been this far and no further. And he says, I'm pulling the walls down. And the cross... The power of the cross is going to release a whole new building in your life. And this isn't about feeling nice at the end of a meeting. This is about life. So we move into agreement with you. Father, we move into alignment with heaven. We want all that you desire for us. We want to live with the fullness that heaven planned for us. We want to live with the measure that is necessary for this next era, this next season, this next time. Father, we've had good, but yesterday's good is not enough for the next. We need more. We need more. We need more. We need deeper. We need closer. We need more sensitized. So we receive tonight everything you're doing in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Thank you.